Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to AV Motive Live number 24 on this fine, what is this, is it April? This is April, this is the Thursday in April. It's uh, warming up outside, it's lovely. Well, we got some awesome guests today, and you know, if you scrounge the interwebs for inspiring pictures of remote places, you've probably heard of Peaky Peaky Overland Adventures. Who are they? How do they start? And more importantly, what are these rascally rabbits up to now? Find out on this installment of Avimoto Live, number 24. All right. Our guests tonight are no joke, long distance world adventure travelers. Having dedicated themselves to sharing inspirational experiences, they've got some of the best writing and imagery around. They are uh, featured in the May-June issue and will be uh, featured again in the July-August issue of ADV Moto. Not only that, they've taken their passion for moto travel to the next level, and they've actually started up a new venture, which we'll kind of talk about and uncover tonight. Having lived on the road for the past several years, everyone, please welcome Michnus and Elsby from Picky Picky Overland. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for the invite. Oh, you guys, of course, get the applaud track. I'm going to crank it up. <laughs> Just for you guys. How are you guys? How are you guys doing today? Very good, very good. It's um, it's it's out here in uh, in LA. And it's it's nice sunny weather, day. sunny day, working, doing our stuff. Oh, that's cool. So you guys are in LA, right? Yes, we need awesome. we needed a bit of time <laughs> after being in Bolivia for a year. We thought, uh, yeah, it's a good change. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's good. So were you guys pretty much trapped in Bolivia during the COVID stuff? Yes, we were um, just entered. We just entered Bolivia and then COVID started getting worldwide really serious. So, yes, we got stuck for seven months in a city called Sucre. Uh, now, if anybody that knows Bolivia knows, it's a very conservative little city. Uh, so we were there for seven months, four of the seven months, really strict lockdown. We were allowed to be out once a week to go do grocery shopping for about four hours of the day. Um, and yeah, so after seven months, we got permission and we could ride around. Uh, so we were there another couple of months. And now with the renewal of visas and bike papers, we decided maybe it's a, a time for a bit of a change. Seven months is, is whomper time. I know some other moto travelers were, yeah. were, were stuck in various places like Peru and stuff, and it was fairly strict. Yes. Yeah, but even now still, that's why we had to leave Bolivia because they didn't want to extend our visa. We had a massive fight to uh, get the bikes uh, extended till June, July. So June, July is another fight to, to, <laughs> to, get, to get them to get back and to get it, the bikes extended and hopefully they don't yeah. confiscate it. So although America, you fly in America, maybe you can fly to other countries, Bolivia and South America are still very strict. So we're not sure that the borders, the land borders will open by June, July so that we can get the motorcycles out. So that's another, that's yeah. another fight coming later on. Wow. Interesting. One year in Bolivia being uh, becoming part of the locals, it was a good experience. Well, that's true. You know, a lot of anthropologists, you know, that are field anthropologists, not armchair anthropologists, you know, <laughs> they say it takes at least a year to get kind of habituated into a place and, you know, knowing the same people, doing the same routines to the point where they feel comfortable enough with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? To, to, to actually show a more natural, re relaxed state of what life is, is like there and get an honest observation, you know? But se seven months is just as good as anything else, especially when everybody is in a weird situation. Well, the, the, the lucky thing and, and, and the, the, the adventure rally community is such a, such a, man, it is such a great place. So Frank Linder, he's a German, he's living there and he's got a, 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 um, he's got a local partner, Roxanne. And just before lockdown, they, he's, told us, listen, come, come to Sucre, come spend time with us. Let's see what's happening with this uh, COVID thing. And we chased there and, and luckily we did. Otherwise, we would have been stuck in the uni for, for that time. But we moved into their house and for yeah. seven months, we had to live with them. And um, well, we lived three months. We lived three, three months with them and then we moved. But the fact is that they were happy that, <laughs> that we could move into their house and take up the space for, for three months at a time. I mean, there's not a lot of people that <laughs> invite you into their home. 
for no, that, that for that amount of time um you know so it's hard the yeah. motorcycle community in bolivia has just been absolutely amazing to us they made contact with us they even helped us a lot to get the paperwork sorted out for the motorcycle wow. so yes we had a really nice experience and we met some good uh, adventure riders oh that's that that's fantastic but for seven months though i'm sure it was still it was still kind of an unexpected length of a stop on your on, on, on your trip so after that you just came up to la well we had to fly somewhere and, and we had a few choices so the one was to fly back to south africa and that immediately became sort of not going to happen because the possible. flight to South Africa is, is ludicrously expensive from, from South America. You still have to go for the USA, then UAE, and then back. So that's not going to happen. And the yeah. problem was that if we get to South Africa and the COVID thing doesn't stop, we're most probably not going to go back to Bolivia again. And then the bikes are stuck in and the bikes are So the only real option was to fly to the USA yeah um to come stay and luckily we have friends here so it, it all worked out um sort of okay but now june july that's the <laughs> that's the next one again <laughs> yeah well i hope that that you know, yeah. you know can work itself out because it would stink to you know have, have have the bikes kind of whatever i guess compounded or confiscated or whatever well you know that stuff seems kind of silly to me you know it's just kind of like it's two bikes you know, it's not like you're going to impact the pavilion, you know, or any country motorcycle that market. Rich. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? With like two two motorcycles that obviously they're trying to get back. You know, um, what I mean? you know I must. It's, it's just old, yeah. old style bureaucracy. But it's, it's typical. It's, it's the rules. It's the, the law yeah, of the country. Country. So even although it's very unusual times, they still have to follow the rules mm. because yeah. countries like Bolivia has got a huge problem with uh, trafficking. So they, they just, oh. like, yeah, so we, we sort of, they explained to us nicely and, and they were really, you know, patient and just please give us some time. And they, they did sort it out for us. So I, I think we will not lose the motorcycles. It's just to make sure that we do follow the correct route because, you know, what they say in the office and what they say at the border post is normally two different things. Yeah, right. Well, it really depends on who you talk to that day, right? <laughs> Exactly. Well, the, the, the locals, the, the people that help us, and even the people in Aduana, they, they know what's, what's happening and they understand what's happening and they really try from what they can and the, the little bit they have to their ability to help us, they did help us. So they said, I cannot say a word bad yeah, about, yeah, you know, they've, they've really been, um, been great in helping us, but you never know what's happening later on because you know, it's when you want to cross the border and the guy that's sitting there has had a bad night the night yeah, before. that's, that's when the problem starts <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's 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 entirely true you know so all right uh, how did you guys both start writing and you know how did you get into the adv world you know let's let's get some backstory here <laughs> so i always had a, a little bit of an interest in motorcycles when i was in high school but uh, i grew up in a family where my father said no girls don't belong on motorbikes so never explored uh met Mechnes, we got married and then later on he started slowly introducing me, me to motorcycles so i only started riding seriously when i was 27 years old and the bug bit hard <laughs> so yeah so that was only a couple years ago right yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just a trophy husband. That's why I look a little bit older. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you both ride? Yes, Yeah, I've, I've, I've been riding bikes in school. And then after school, because life happens, you have to work, you, you have get to study, married. you get married. Bikes was expensive in South Africa. So we first all started with, with well, we always loved the outdoor. So, and South Africa is, is a he big outdoor. He doesn't want to say he started on a quad. On a quad. <laughs> But we had a, we, we started off a four by four. We went to Namibia for a month trip with my brother, my my uh, sister, my brother-in-law, um, and that also kickstarted the whole thing. But later on, in about 2000, 2000s, early two thousands, when motorcycles, the the new uh, Dakars came out, uh, um, what the was it? The Kalos were, were very popular. In South Africa. So it just it started to grow there, and and South Africa being an outdoor place is what you do we just it got from there and it was easier for her to sit to to ride her own bike than sit in a car and, and yeah. moan at me like no don't can't go up here can't go down there so it was a much nicer um, we, we love the four by four scene we still do but it was just so much more fun for me to also be on a motorcycle right. and to ride and i think we took our fir first trip serious trip Michnes was on the on a dakar and i was on a klr 
And we sort of just went out of our gate and we started riding into a direction. And three weeks later, when we got home, I said to him, I think we might have a problem. Mm. I really like this. And this is ah. the ideas, all the holidays, everything we planned from there was sort of around travel and around motorcycles. This is so much more fun. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't kind of done it before or you haven't been on the road, it's almost like addictive. Yes. <laughs> you know, because it's like. You're just constantly, I mean, I mean, your senses are constantly, you know, like invigorated by things you see, things you smell, and everything is new and different. You, you live it, you live it 100%. Yeah. And yeah. I think also the reaction of people and local people to you seeing you on a motorcycle, it, it's so much more open than necessarily if you get out of a, a car. So we, we really liked it. It, it just all, the, as you say, the senses and the experiences just really worked for us. No, in in, oh, in, in uh, Sudan, we've, we've met overlanders in Sudan, in um, Namibia, in very old places. And we get there and we're sweating and we can't walk and we're done. And we're full of dust and you're, you're grinding dust, uh, sand in your teeth. And these guys get out of their 4x4s. The air conditioning was on. They had a, a Coke in the, in the, or a beer next to them. And they're like, What's wrong with you guys? Why are you not sitting in a 4x4? But in the end, that I will not forget those kind of chips. The, yeah. the, you know, it's it stuck in the mind the, the way you the way you ride and, and that you you're living the senses, you know? So yeah. Uh, yeah, well there's also nothing like when you are riding like that and you're in some totally new place. You don't don't even speak the language necessarily, but you pull up and some people who have much less than you exactly. treat you like family. Yeah, and yeah. bring you drinks and, and take rest, sir. Take yeah, rest, take rest, <laughs> and it, it's a it's a common thing all over the world. It seems it's not yeah, all over the world. Yeah. It's everywhere like that. Yeah, that's because people are by and large good. Yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. We, we often get questions like, you know, is it not difficult when you're traveling? Isn't it dangerous? Isn't it? And you know what? No, the the friendliness that we get, the and as you say, maybe if you stay a year in a country, you pick up different uh, uh, things to attitudes of people. But in general, you know, being a tourist on a motorcycle in a country, people are just so smiley, so accommodating to you. So it it it's really well. The, the, the other thing is that the guy asked us in Bolivia now, so because he knows Bolivia and he knows there's, there's some dangerous places. And he asked us, so did you went here? Did you went there? Did you went there? And we're like, yes, we went there. And like, what did you man, do? What, 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 what did you, who told you to go there? And he said, I don't know. We just we took a route yeah. and we go there. And he says, but so are you not scared of it? I said, I, I think the majority of the thing is that we actually, ignorance. ignorance is blessed. <laughs> you, you actually don't know what the hell you're busy doing. You know, so although you're trying to find out you don't go into a bad place, you're in an, inadvertently going to a place like this. And you're just bloody lucky that you get out of there with, with no bags being cut off or <laughs> stuff stolen yeah, away. Yeah, man, that gives you some real... most to us. Yeah. yeah, man, that's real perspective. Hey, uh, we, have, we have a question from, from the chat room from a Ben Lucarelli. How much traveling... Have Mishnuth and Elsby done in the U.S. Uh, what were their favorite parts, and uh, what would they still like to see here in the United States? We haven't merely done enough of the states. So close. in 2015, we flew over from South Africa, and we bought two DR uh, DR 650s in Texas, and we sort of went straight for Big Bend uh, Park, and mm -hmm. from there stayed all up in the Rockies, in the national parks as high as Montana. And then from Montana, we went across to Seattle. Uh, and then we followed Highway 1 and the Red Woods all the way down into Mexico. What's so, lovely. No, yeah, did, so we've we only did, seen a bit of the Western side. Yeah, we did Moab, the White Room Trail, all the, all the nice stuff that people yeah. told us to, to do. It but, was amazing. Man, America is a, is a, is a, is a world in its own. It, yeah. You can do a lifetime of traveling in this place. Just don't stay on the highways. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, make sure you're not on the highways. Yeah, this time around, unfortunately, yeah. we don't have the motorcycles here, but we ended up buying a second-hand car. So we will hopefully be looking around the country very soon. That's cool. What did you get? <laughs> very, old. Car. very old car $5,000 to Utah Islander we bought it from one owner it's a, it's a beautiful little thing it was well Hell, yeah. <laughs> we oh yeah man you know you know the US has some amazing second hand car deals I no, know it's amazing we looked at two motorbikes and we looked at one car and we like what? Motorcycles are more expensive than cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you look around right, you can find some that it's like, okay, maybe it's 15 years old. Yes. 
And they were still, a doctor. Yeah, you know, but they take care of it, and you know, you, you can tell people love them. They took you know because they they it's your transportation. People here appreciate that, and they take care of it. But yeah. we have a secondhand market here, which is just yeah. fabulous. I already feel so so um, uh, touched to this car. And I've only had it for a week, and I feel man, I can't sell this car without yeah. to park it somewhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And for five thousand dollars, it's kind of like you know, you know, it's like. It's like you could sell it and you get some back. Maybe you could buy a, a secondhand bike with it or something like that. Yeah, we we but, speak a bit of elbow grease. So I think we could almost sell it for more than what we bought it now. Yeah, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. You guys are doing it right. That's awesome. We have we have a very good friend, Hank, in, the, in, in Delhi. He's a, he's a, a BMW rider. He's got 600,000 miles on his BMW here in, in Texas. Yeah. And, um, He's got two BMWs that we can use when we get to him in about a month or so to, to use that a little bit. So it's good to get on back back on bikes again. Missing it. Oh, Miss, cool. Missing it tremendously. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. When are you guys, uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys have it planned out yet, but how long do you guys plan to be here? Well, well we can only the, the, the America only allows us six months visa. So June, July, and then, so so June, July, we have to get out. We have to get to back to Bolivia or we have to get out of America. So we'll, we'll. We'll yeah, see. so we, we take it a day at a time at the moment. If Bolivia opens up, we will probably try Fly and go back. back to get the motorcycles. And hopefully then the borders around Bolivia is open for us to travel a bit more in South America. Otherwise, if, if Mexico is open, we'll go to Mexico. Oh, we'll we go to back. Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, oh. take, we'll take our little shag wagon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, you know, if you guys get bored over there, maybe I can try to cook up something and get you guys over in the East Coast. Maybe hang out, borrow, borrow some of our bikes and 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 just spend some time you know around here uh the same gentleman that asked the uh, question said you're welcome to come to wisconsin uh they've got a lot of lakes forests uh cold beer and a lot of cheese up in wisconsin too if you like cheese that's so good. Like a... mad mad ev moto love on the east coast here too you know you know we're cool on the east side too you know <laughs> we have to do the east side everybody told us when you you've done the other the, the other side now you've got to get to the east side so our car actually comes from wisconsin, wisconsin. so we're gonna have to come and visit yeah. <laughs> oh very cool very cool awesome awesome yeah we'll uh talk about that later but so you know how long have you guys been living on the road so we, we started traveling in uh, uh, 2010. Uh, originally, we set out just traveling six months off the year or go for three months, come back, work for three months, go again for three months. Um, at that stage, we still had a business running, a similar business to what we, we're building now. And it, it kept us a bit busy. So around about 2013, we decided, no, this travel buck is really bitten us hard. And this business is interfering with it. So we sold the business. And we, from 2015, has basically changed our lifestyle to being more permanent, more permanent on the road, uh, changed all our business structures so that we can actually work wherever we open a laptop. It was it was for the for the when we started off it wasn't the idea that the, yeah. we South Africa sits on the arsenal of the world so if you if people are geographically um, not that good so you get Africa and South Africa is right at the bottom so you only only ride around South Africa and maybe Botswana those places in Africa and then you're done and yeah. from there on you have no to ship stuff yeah. <laughs> so. The, the, the initial idea was just to try and, and see how it goes. So let's just do Africa for six months. And we got up to Ethiopia and six months was gone and the Dakar bikes was, was trashed. And um, we had to start tired. We, we had we had to, uh, to rethink this whole, how are we going to do this um, for on? And then you just, you grow into it. You start to, you go back and you, and you sit and work. You're like, man, how can we go this longer? is boring. We need yeah. to go, we need to go longer. And, can you sell, is, is there any value in selling a dog or my mom? You know, can we, can we get rid of them? Is there, is there something that you can do to, can we, there was no GoFundMe. I mean, Facebook only started in 2010 in any case. And there was none of that nonsense. So we couldn't even leverage that. So, yeah. yeah, so he got reckless. So I had to say, no, leave the moms. We'll, we'll try and wiggle it another way. Yeah, well, you know, there's always televisions. Yeah. <laughs> No, don't need those anyway, right? You don't need those anyway. <laughs> start selling tools, start selling cars. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. So uh, how about the name? You know, Picky Picky. What is, what, what, I mean, what's that about? 
So our first trip started, as Mehmet has explained to you, we were just going to go from our home and the best way was to go up in Africa. So we sort of stuck to the East Coast and the East Coast language in Africa, most spoken language is Swahili um, and their uh, term for a motorcycle is Piki Piki. And we sort of quite liked the sound and we adopted and we thought, okay, we can be Piki Piki and it just stuck with us. That's crazy. Do you think that's from a two-stroke sound or something? Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you think that the, that the word came from... Yeah, a lot of the indigenous languages uh, normally was just farming kitchen languages. So it ended up that they, if they adopt a, a Western name, they go on a lot of sound. So they they told us the story that if you Legend listen, you, you can actually hear, here comes a little motorbike. Picky, 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 picky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how true it is, but it's a fun story. Yeah, you know, different languages have different in, like interpretations of all kinds of sounds, like you know, animal sounds, cats, right? You know, like from 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 Chinese to English to mm -hmm. I think German too. Mm -hmm. uh, dogs in mm -hmm. German is like bow wow or yeah, some, yeah, something like that. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, well, that's that's awesome stuff. So when you guys started off, okay, so uh, so you guys met and you were just kind of like, all right, we both love writing. We're, we're, we're going to give this up and we're going to go out and spend our, you know, more of our lives on the road. You know, how did you guys choose your route? I think we sort of fell in it too as well, because we, when we started out, when we got married, there was no fixed plan other than, you know, work, you know, get stuff done, get yourself educated. And I think we knew early on, we liked traveling, not necessarily what way, because our first trip wasn't a four by four and we really loved traveling. So we sort of structured everything we did so that we can good, get good passive income. So when we could take the first trip, the easiest was just go out the gate and go up in Africa. So as Mechna said, after the first six months, uh, we only reached Ethiopia, we flew back home. So we sort of continued from there and we finished Africa. We went uh, as high as uh, Egypt. From Egypt, we crossed over to Israel. From Israel, we shipped over to Europe. Uh, we seen, uh, unfortunately, we only get three months a year uh, to spend in Europe. So we, we've done two, uh, three month sessions in Europe. And it's at that stage that we sold the business and decided, okay, if we're going to do this long term, where can we travel where we don't have a visa problem with our passports? And our friend in Texas phoned us and he said, guys, come on over. There's no problem. You can do six months in the USA and then you go further south. And that's sort of what we did. Well, it, it also, it, it changed a little bit. So yeah. we can't, you know, if, if you do all the Asian countries, you have to run visas all the time. So, and it's not just for us, it's yeah. for European stuff. So you, you have a time, let's say one year, you have to run all these countries because it's visas, visas, visas. South America is a little bit different. You can run between countries and then you can go back. And so South America is really nice for exploring. The same, the same for America, Canada, um, Mexico and some of the Central American yeah. countries. So it also the 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 major route dictates yeah. the visa and how long we can stay in the in the cost. And the inner country, what we then do is we I we hammer uh, uh, dangerousroads.com, um, zoom into Google yeah. uh, dangerous roads. Um, so then we start to meet, we we speak to a lot of people and and, and ask you know where what goes and small little roads and and uh, stuff like that. So our, it, it our depends best, on yeah our best source is always talk to the locals and especially the local enduro and adventure riders because they give you very quickly where's the best place to not only look for routes but they're quick to pull out a map and tell you. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, even with us sitting in Sucre, for instance, for the seven months, we met an old tourism minister of Bolivia, and even with him sat with the map and some of the routes we've done in Bolivia was because of him. And, and, and funny enough, those, those routes are still the same for, yeah. for the last 50 years that he's been doing them. But he said it's still there. They're still there. <laughs> it's, no, it's not touristy. It's only maybe yeah. local tourists that, that goes to those places. And um, it's so really awesome us, stuff. Route planning is normally just generally which countries we want to cover or which direction we're going to go. And once we're in the country, that's when we start seriously talking and asking and do a bold plan. And as we go, talk to the local people. Wow. Okay. So that's, I mean, that makes sense. Just kind of throw a dart on a map, go there and just kind of figure it out. Right. Well, you know, it's like, like Australia will leave for later because that's expensive. You have to ship the bike there to ride it. 
And once you're there and, you, and you're not in, in, in Australian currency, you're going to bleed to death. So you need to make sure you have enough money. So yeah. that, that also dictates a bit on, on what the route is. But we, we, don't have a, we don't have this, I need to finish around the world. And, and yeah, we, we don't have that. We, if I, I see what I see in the time that I have, and we really love it. So if, if, if a country gives us three months, we stay three months. If they give us six months, six months. And if we can extend and we haven't seen everything, we go. And so I'd rather do less countries properly than, than go twice around the world and haven't really seen anything, just tar roads and, and, but do and hostels. But be careful because it's a struggle to just get him to now start thinking to leave the southern uh, South, America. South American continent because he's just happy to go back Man, this, again and back again to this, this one. <laughs> that South America is, is it's, it's adventure out of heaven. <laughs> yeah, I, I really want to go down there. It's on my hot list as well as Africa. Africa, um, oh, special, very special, you know very what? different trips. Yeah, you know, it's so it's so strange. I see you see look at routes of uh, around the world people, and they and a lot of them skip Africa, and I, for whatever um, different reasons. But if you didn't do Africa, I'm not talking about rushing into Morocco and, and out. I talk about Africa. If you yeah. haven't done that, you haven't done that, uh, Africa. Not in my, my but opinion. Even but even if, if the guys <laughs> just do eastern side of Africa, it's the easiest it's, side to travel. It's, it's very, not as many border posts. It's also and, not and difficult. countries with that much problems. It, it is a fantastic trip to do. Yeah, Africa is a must. It's a must. Yes. Very yeah. different to, yeah, to the Americas. Yeah. It's a little bit more, more, more challenging, but it's much. It's an it's a incredible place to visit. Africa actually speaks more English than what we found in, in countries like Italy or in South America. So oh, it, yeah. because every, there's so many indigenous languages in every country, uh, most countries have English as a good second language. So your travels through Africa mm. is actually really easy. Oh, well, that's <laughs> definitely worth keeping in mind. To backtrack a little bit, we had a, someone in the, in the comment here said, Kevin Zucht, he asked if you guys have been to Canada. No, no not yet. No, we, oh my gosh. <laughs> need to get there. Canada's beautiful, the, especially yeah. the Pacific Northwest, like British Columbia. Yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it's it's absolutely on our list. So, and so this is again the route planning thing. So when we leave South America, it depends on, on which countries we can go to, which will which we can stay a little bit longer. And at the time, the, the, it's not as costly. So there's a chance that when we finish with South America, go uh, fly the bikes to Canada, ride then, Canada, and then go back to and Europe. And, and We'll um, come back to the USA first, do the, the East Coast, East Coast, and, and then, then, yeah. then see from there. <laughs> wow. Well, that's, man, that's that's awesome. That's, that's, that's awesome. You guys have the routes planned, get to see everything. It's like... It's like being young again, forever almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, and it shows in the smiles too. You know, so okay, you spend all this time on the road. How do you guys support yourselves while you're on the road? I, so, so, selling. Um... I do the finance. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, at 29 years old, it's not an issue. <laughs> you got all that energy. <laughs> that's that's cool. We're still looking for somebody that that's got a trust fund that we can maybe inherit. <laughs> European, no. European, somebody that's giving away wine farm. <laughs> <laughs> what we did to Carl, and I think it was the first thing we normally say is we didn't have kids because it's it's a big expense to raise kids. We we chose not to have children, and we since we started working, all the money we received, we just pumped into property, and we tried to create a passive income for ourselves. So for the first 15 years, yes, we had jobs. Yes, we worked very hard. Took yes, we didn't risks. took very big holidays. We didn't buy new cars. No cell phones. So we, we invest <laughs> in South Africa most of, most of our money into property, and that became our baseline income. But the two of us has always been entrepreneurs. So even while we were traveling the last 10 years, we've always been busy with some new project or some new business. So yes, we, we keep busy. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. Do you think anyone can, can do that? I mean, do you just have to be particularly focused or, you know what I mean? It, I think, yes, anybody can do it. Uh, if a lot of people ask me the question and I would just roughly say, you know, the, the first thing is you need to decide if this type of lifestyle is ready for you and go on a practice trip and see, and it, it will form your ideas. The, the one thing I can say is yes, anybody can do this, but should everybody do it? Not unless you can look after yourself financially. If you want to ruin a really good trip or a really good lifestyle, 
you go into something where you can't support yourself financially, where you can't have proper it insurances. It, it, it not only your ruins your trip, it can ruin your family and your friends uh, as well. So well, just be careful. It, yeah. It's absolutely positive. Where, where there's a will, there's a way and you should. So, to, to put it like this, you can do you can do this whether you do it in the four by four week. In, in actually, in fact, motorcycles are a little bit more expensive than, than yeah. um, doing it in a four by four, or even a boat. Or even backpacking. Or yeah. even backpacking. But you can, it is possible, but it's not always possible for everybody because pe some people are like, for example, real introverts. They, they struggle to talk to, to, to anybody, you know, so they have a better, mm -hmm. it's a learning curve for them. Oh, so there's a lot of challenges that you have to, you have to, to sort of get into it. It's not something that comes naturally we have to learn, even today, I, I sometimes struggle with at border post and, and stuff. It just it, it irritates me and, and Elsby deals with it a lot better than I do. But the, the, the main thing is how you create income to support yourself. And that's the, that's the vital thing. And there's different ways of doing that. Property is one of them or whatever the case. You, a lot of people, you can, you can work for six months and maybe travel six months. But also the other thing is that it's a lifestyle thing. If you have children, it makes it more difficult. You can still do it, but it, it, it challenges to it. Yeah, or do it for a shorter amount of time yeah. or right. yeah, or do it in a different route that would be you know more friendly to having yeah. kids and everything. So travel these yeah. days i mean this really so find the passion find the way you love to travel we just really like travel so much that we made it our lifestyle well so, we're lucky that that, we, so, that yeah. the, the risk we, that the risk we took when we were younger paid off, is, is paid yeah. off um, so even if you you really like traveling and you can only go away for two or three weeks a year it's also good throw everything in there don't yeah. rush and go do three countries in three weeks you know just store your motorcycle wherever you go or go for short trips go rent a motorcycle um, there's many ways to do it right on right on so you know you guys i mean one of the one of the first ways that i found out about you guys was you know through the photos that you guys have taken so you know i mean you know were you always into photography or is that something that kind of developed as you just kind of went through your experience and be like i need to capture what's going on around me so we came back from our africa trip the first six months and we were sitting back home a little bit in a depression because we are back home now and we have to carry on with life and michaelis was looking through the photographs and he was like rubbish rubbish this is not good and then things changed <laughs> so you know what 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 is pink floyd said so whatever you touch and whatever you see is whatever whatever you'll be and and that he told to me that first six months because before we go i was also on internet and i was on forums and i tried to get information and people was like take your cell phone or take a small little camera and everything will be okay and look at this you know i took this photo of this little rubbish thing and that's what we did and we came back home after six months and the photos was rubbish 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 and i know i'm going to get old and i'm going to forget all the stuff and the only thing i have is pension like my brother said is the is the memories and the and the photos i will have and i thought man I need to, uh, this, this needs to change. So I, I bought a better camera, which is not the best camera, just a better camera. And we, I, I started, a, a good friend of mine, um, uh, Marina, she, I started, I started brain picking her and she gave me some information and started to learn a little bit more and just teach myself. And luckily with the internet and, and getting YouTube certification on, on so <laughs> I, I started to learn and some some things you don't somebody once said that if you want to become a master something spend ten thousand hours on it i'm not there yet not even close but i i, I spend like taking 100 photos a day every single day i took photos and you learn a little bit and now at least and, and i can look at photos five years seven years from now it's not the same as what it is now but for me that is the eventually from everything else they can if i mean a house can burn down i can lose the bikes but i do not i cannot lose the photos because that is what 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 is our, our um, memory our memories for, for one day so i would always tell people get a camera not to be preach or anything just man it is you do a once in a lifetime trip you save up money you go for it you take your your, your cell phone come on you know just Spend two hundred to three hundred dollars and get a damn camera. Just no, you know, the, do it, do the it cell phone photos is nothing There's wrong nothing. with. It's just, just if you want to blow it up into a sizable photograph so or make something nice our, about it. Then. Yeah, our home used to have all our big prints. So yeah. when we wanted to print the first time, and we realized our quality is so low, we couldn't even print a little photograph this big. Yeah. That we realized, yeah. So Michnes is actually the master behind the photograph. I'm just, I just act like I was able to learn another skill. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, being 
being exposed to new things is a is a gigantic motivator yeah. to just get in there and take pictures. And you know, you, you know, I was I was given advice one time about photography. It says if something is worth photographing one time, it's worth photographing ten times. Exactly. Exactly. You well, know, so get I, some new perspectives, right? Well, I, the other thing that photography opened for us is it opened traveling to to magnitudes. It's so make you look at it things makes you look different. at things and. I've met people, so you can get into somebody's face and they laugh at you and, 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 and um, you know, you, you have a discussion with somebody and an old lady that, that's selling strawberries and, and suddenly she's got a story to tell. And I was invited, I, I took photos in Mexico of, a, of a, um, a rodeo where the people were drinking and they invited me into the show and where there's horses and suddenly the dynamics changed. So we got, we got so many good stories for just being there with a camera, taking photos of people, asking them, you know, can I take a photo? Yeah, sure, no problem. And then it becomes a, a thing that they invite you for stuff. And it, it opened up actually as much as the, the motorcycle, when you arrive with a motorcycle, taking a camera out the nice way, I'm not taking, I'm not talking, yeah, just not shoving it and shoving it, yeah. people's face, but it opened up so many other possibilities for us and, and um, uh, friendships and stuff. It is incredible. Yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's always been a couple of different competing mindset on that right which i've heard at you know like as being part of panels and questions from people and everything over the past 10 years it's like well i mean if you're always behind the lens taking a photo doesn't it kind of stop you from being in the moment and experiencing right now and my answer to that was no no not at all it's absolutely the opposite i can watch mechanist when he takes photographs and i think i'm observing more because i don't have necessarily a camera in front of me but then he will notice things or see people's expressions before i even see it because he's tuned in to see this so no it absolutely is not it actually makes it and you more yeah and, and more on, a, on, a, on a route for example like the, the lagunas route which is incredibly beautiful you have to cover the 300 kilometers for the day or try and cover it yeah. sometimes not even 200 but so you have to ride all the time all the time and it, it's a long distance and it's hard riding it's slow beautiful. but if you don't take photos you don't even get off the bike and then the, the end of the day you're tired you remember a little bit of the stuff but you can't remember everything so we we take a lot of photos on those routes and then i would sit and edit them five six days later and like Damn, I can't even remember. I stopped, stopped there. So, and just getting off the bike, you start to, oh, look at this and look yeah. at that. And it, no, it is absolutely you not can, like that. Yeah. I, I'm not talking about getting a camera glued to your, to your eye, but I also, I, I don't just snap people. I walk up to them. You know, can awesome. I take a photo? Is it okay with you? And I, you know, I have a chat to them. It's a, it, it, I don't know. For me, it just, it connects you to people and to, to your surroundings much, much more. Yeah, yeah, because now everything is a subject. And what some people don't understand about photography is if you want to take good pictures, what you're, what you're doing is you're understanding behavior yes. and trying to predict behavior and capture the moment, whether it's an animal or a person or a sunset or a landscape, right? You're trying to sense what's going to happen and be in the right place at the right time yeah. to capture the magic moment. Yes. And, and that is not just simply walking around, dirt, dirt, dirt. You know, I mean, there's value to those kind of snapshots and record shots, and it's better to have them than not. And it, you know what I mean? Yeah, it actually makes you look for stuff as well. Because if you're just a traveler and you just snap as you go along, you don't really search for stuff to photograph. So we've often just going to the information center and they'll give us the normal pamphlet and then I will go and say, no, 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 we want to go to a rodeo where it's a local thing or, you know, so it it actually makes you search a little bit harder, harder to, to and get... you experience a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Well, it's good to see you guys have become artisans at it <laughs> and, and, the, and, the, and the trip has inspired. Speaking of art, you know, I love that skull helmet art, and I really need to hear the story about about how that happened. I want one of them for my own, just because it's just awesome. Probably even safer in traffic, but uh, but uh, you know. Uh, so how did that happen? So we went through Mexico, and I we had these 
beautiful white helmets we got in Ecuador because ours were tired. Climb, so we, climb center yeah, got, and we, we got the helmets and we got to Mexico. And I decided, oh, I just love the Mexican art. And I made on the back of the helmet a small little skull uh, with a little bit of flowers on the head. And I really liked it. And we started writing and get a lot of comments about it. And when we got to Colombia, we were staying at Steel Horse Farm, which is an amazing overlanding place to go to. And we walked in and I decided, no, I need to, a bigger picture on my helmet now because this one is too small. It needs to be all over the helmet. And I was busy cleaning away at the helmet. And as I was cleaning, I met this lady and she comes up to me, Hayley Field, and she says, what are you doing? And I said, oh, no, I'm going to clean my helmet. I need a new painting. And she says, oh, I always wanted to paint a helmet. Can I paint your helmet? And I'm like, yeah, please. And I don't know who she was. I mean, we, normally if we visit over, uh, overland places, you talk for four days before you know who is who and where they actually come from. And then she came and she said, no, 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 just to make you feel better about me painting your helmet, I'm from Australia. I'm actually an artist and I specialize in mural art. So you guys That's can check her out. Stuff. She is called At Fieldy, um, and she paints beautiful murals. She actually really talented. So she grabbed my helmet and she said, "What do you have? What do you want me to do?" And I said, "I love the art. She does surfboards. She specializes in surfboards." And I looked at a few of the surfboards and I said, "Yeah, maybe the motorcycle culture is a little bit different to the surfboard culture. Anything you want to paint, I just don't want to scare the kids." And then she came up with this one. And I've just had so much fun with this helmet. Now I we're here in the USA. I need to upgrade or replace really? my helmet. It's now too old. And I'm like, who's going to paint my helmet now? <laughs> wow, that's she's incredible. She, she sanded she's it down. She, spent, she took three days to so, paint this helmet. Yeah. Then lacquer it, and um, she made a whole video, video so, of it. it. It's incredible. So she was saying, I don't really have to correct paints. And she said, what paint did you use? And I'm like, well, I'm an overlander. The only thing I could get was normal acrylic, and Michnes put some car uh, spray can stuff can over it. it. Yeah. And she's like, okay, maybe that can work. So that helmet has been like this for, six, for four years, four years five, years, five, five years. years. And it's basically lightly sanded. Paint it with acrylic paint and then a couple yeah. of layers of matte, uh, what do you call the... Matte lacquer. Lacquer, yeah, yeah. So, yes, it can be done. You can customize your own helmet. Wow, that's 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 super cool. And you know what? And you think, you know, there's a lot of appreciation. You know, we, we were talking about the fact people customize their bikes a lot. Yeah. Yes. But really, helmets are actually a much more personal piece well, of equipment. You know it means I mean? that it's not more, more, more done by people. They... You know, and, and, and helmets is a, is a very nice um, canvas to yeah. work on yeah. for that kind of uh, uh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, so do you have a custom helmet, Miklis? I only a got stickers. Because, a little small one. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, we've so, done a little bit of a map on the back. He uh, didn't want to lose his special stickers sticker. that he got in Peru. So I just painted around it a little bit. No, I, I started the cool. thing. I have to say this. I so in Africa, what happened was I went every, every country, I got a local artist. Like a normal guy, and, and all I ask him is, on my bike, paint me something about the country. And then I would do that, and I would get rattle cans oh, sprayed yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And then, so they did it. But then we got to Europe, and you, and you know, I mean, I don't know, it's just not the same. Africans and South Americans and Mexicans, they love painting everything. So yeah. it's easy there to get anybody to paint anything on your, yeah. bike, on your bike, you know, so to other, yeah, to customize it. And um, I, I didn't get yeah. to anybody that... After Ellie uh, painted this magnificent thing for us, I, I just like it. But, but she inspired us, and we even now, and I can say again, guys, I painted my mud guard, which is plastic. Yeah. And again, I've just used a little bit of sandpaper, some acrylic paint, and we put a, a layer of lacquer on it, and it looks good. Oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, awesome. We'll, the, yeah, we we did have someone ask, uh, Dion asked if we can get the name of the artist again. Fieldy. I, I so, yeah, so that. she her handle on Instagram is at and F I E L D E Y Fieldy. Fieldy, and she's in Mexico. She's no, uh, no, she's, she's Australian. Australian. She was. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm she sorry. was touring. We met her in Colombia. She, she was husband. touring with her husband, and she's at this stage back in Australia because of the COVID. Uh, oh, but she's paint, yeah, yeah, but she's still painting away beautiful. Oh, beautiful. well, yeah, she. She got that style real good. Oh, man, she's she's, she's a, a, a paintings of breathtaking. Wow, that's 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 crazy cool. 
So, you know, you guys seen a lot of things, collected a lot of cool, cool memorabilia from helmets to images. You know, uh, of all the places you've been, what do you think is your, maybe your top couple destinations that you think everyone, everyone should see or experience? It's the most difficult this question. This is the most difficult question. You can also <laughs> anything for you easy, but this is, this is super. I can tell you two or three countries. I don't want to go again. It's <laughs> just me. But, um, you know, the, the funny thing is this. Every country is different in different ways. So, for example, Namibia is a country. It, it's the most beautiful desert. I think for me personally, it's yeah. the most beautiful desert place. There's only 3 million people. It smells beautiful in the morning. The, the views are in, impeccable. And I can tell you, you need to see Namibia once in your life. Everybody. If you love desert, if you love desert it's that's an the place. amazing country. Um, Portugal, for example, is something else. It, it's it's uh, the culture thing. Then Mexico and Colombia is different on their own. And, and Bolivia is the best kept secret yeah. for me, period. So it's very difficult to say the best countries. Or, I can tell you each country that why you need to go to each country for different reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like America, it, it, it's, it's vastly different. You, you guys can camp and it, it's so big and you it's nice and you can do any type of yeah. travel yeah. in America. Um, we, we normally, if somebody asks a question like that, we ask, why are you asking? Yeah. And uh, secondly, is, if it is because you want to go travel, how much time do you have yeah, to go okay, travel? Yeah. So if you say, oh, I've got a month and I'm just going to fly over somewhere and I would love to go to South America, I would say maybe go to Ecuador. Ecuador and Bolivia gives you a little bit of everything in South America. It's very diverse um, and it's, it's good travel. So yeah, it's really but difficult. It, also, <laughs> it depends also. Some some people do not like roughing it. So, yeah. you know, go to, I don't know, go to South Africa because you can do sort of both and do America. And you can say Africa because you animals. But if you really like a little bit more gnarly type of stuff, go see Angola because this is not really or, you know, yeah. Angola, for example, just to get a visa is difficult, but the riding, the people in Angola are incredible, man. They, they're inviting you. You can sleep, you can camp anywhere, and, you, and then you been, you'll be okay. But So it depends also on the type of trips. Bolivia, a lot of people just rush into Bolivia, and then they rush out because yeah. they... But there's places in Bolivia that we've been now that it blows your mind. But yeah. it's worth getting there. <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's not just the highway going, going there, you know. So, yeah, so it's difficult. difficult. I think if you if you ask us maybe of Peru, what is the top three things that we can answer yeah, very quickly? <laughs> but yeah. just generally top three countries, they all they're, special. They're all special, yeah. It, yeah, it, that's, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So, all right, you guys, you know, you've been you've been rocking it. You've been going around with all kinds of cool experiences, but at the same time, you guys are firing up a, a a new motorcycle related brand can can you guys crack the story on that what is that uh and what's it about how did it start so well, you can yeah I'll, I'll start so in um while we were in south africa building the businesses not taking too many holidays we realized that man if we want to well let me backtrack we got the two motorcycles we needed a bag a stove a top bag. We just needed a few things for ourselves and we got a business. So as we were looking for stock for, uh, for stuff to use on the motorcycle, we realized that, wow, we don't know if it's only in South Africa, but the stoves were so incredibly expensive. The motorcycle bags and the panniers weren't what we were looking for and it was so expensive. So we started doing a little bit of research and we started a, a company that was called ATG, All Terrain Gear, and we started selling first motorcycle related uh, soft luggage and cooking equipment and barbecue grits and stuff like that. And this is specifically the business we're talking about, about that when we started loving the adventure traveling, that it a little bit interfered with the new lifestyle. And then we sold it. Out of hindsight, which is the wrong decision. Yeah, it was uh, not a, a good, but at that stage, it was Just, a good yeah. decision for our new lifestyle. So in 2015, uh, 16, we were traveling down in Mexico and we met uh, a couple Amsterdam to anywhere uh, which is now actually our partners and we were sitting on a beach wild camping just talking crazy and they started picking our brains but guys how did you do it how I don't want to go back and yeah, do normal lawyer work and anymore. talked about the business <laughs> and sort of there the seed was planted that maybe we could do another company like what we used to have and yeah it took some time and here we are, we're doing it again. <laughs> yeah. But just to just to backtrack a little bit, Calder, what happened was that, and, and I'm talking 
uh, before t- about 2007, 2005 type of thing. There was the traditional hard panniers and a little bit of soft luggage. And, but there was, and I've done trips in Angola on the beach and, and, and the panniers don't last and the stuff don't last. So the, the thing had a lot of involvement. It wasn't something that we just thought one morning, man, you know, let's start this business. It wasn't like that. It, it's something that evolved all the time. I have a lot of friends that ride big motorcycles and they ride enduro and they, you have to buy panniers for the big motorcycles. You have to buy pan- stuff for the small motorcycles. And a lot of us just wants to have something we can sort of use on both of them. But when you use it on a big bike, you go off-road, you don't start to break panniers and stuff like that. So the thing started evolving since that time, the type of panniers we use and how we can make the stuff. And then eventually after, uh, uh, when we, when we, that Af- not Africa before even before we did Africa, we thought let's let's try and do let's try and make something. A lot of the, the European products, for example, was made for Europe. They didn't really last in in Africa. It's all different ball game. There's thorns and all kind of other stuff, and duct tape only lasts so long. So we had to rethink the stuff, and it was lo- it was really expensive getting European products into 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 South Africa. So we sort of decided let's try it. Let let's see if it if it if it can do. And and, and we did a lot of research. To get the first products out and, and we have a very nice community in South Africa. So they helped us, you know, change this a little bit and change that a little bit. So the bags we've done that that's out today is the involvement comes from 2004 already. It's a, it's a long time yeah. that the whole idea is, is growing. And when we started it, it, it was the same thing. People told me, there's, there's big brands out there. What the hell are you doing? You, you man, you you you're not gonna. You basically. Why are you doing? Why are you doing this? You know, you you're fighting them. I'm, I'm not. I don't want to fight them. I, I'm making something that's that that's it different. That us. that works for us and it will work for I think a lot of other people. And now, even traveling for the last ten years, it it, it we've met with so many people and and so many um, ideas that 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 we got that I think we. I think we're on the right track. <laughs> awesome. That's cool. So, you know, I mean, is this, is this ready to be released yet? Do you have a place where people can go check it out yet or, 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 or what, or do you want to wait? No, no, actually, actually, it's been a long road and with the pandemic, it hasn't been very helpful because we were going to launch last year and then the manufacturing was stopped dead in its track because we've had manufacturing in South so Africa. And then when we eventually we could get the manufacturing going, then all of a sudden the whole shipment thing has changed. And I think you guys are all seeing it. It's just getting crazy. Everybody is running out of stock where you could have it shipped by by ships anytime. Now it's very scheduled to most of the stuff has to be flown in. But yes, we can actually now proudly say we have some stock available in Europe. Uh, through Bartang and we have limited stock but we've got some stock available here in the USA and that is available through uh, renadian.com. Our websites are up, it's not 100% yet uh, but yes there is some limited (laughs) stock available and guys we've been testing those for years, they are good. (laughs) All right, that's cool, so what's the name of this again? Turkana. Turkana. Bags, luggage. Yeah, Turkana yeah. gear. So Turkana is the, Turkana is the name of the region in between Kenya and Ethiopia, and it's a very remote area. There's a turquoise lake, which is absolutely beautiful, but yeah. about no motorcycle overland that ever goes there because it's it, it, it's, hard it's, it's hard work going there, really hard work. <laughs> but Leonian Peter has done it, Renee has done it, um, um, and a few, I think one or two other uh, women has, has actually also done it. So, and because it's a special place, you really work hard. There's something that you'll never forget when you when you ride it. We decided and it's we a fitting it out and, gear, yeah, <laughs> stuff that needs to work. So we we decided to call the company Turkana Gear um, in in uh, recognition for for that. Awesome. Well, that's I mean that's like crazy exciting. And I think that that you had mentioned available uh, mentioned before, you know that. You were hoping to have more of them available, but then, you know, everything got, got, got kind of gummed up. So, you know, whenever you guys are ready to have a full launch and, like, release, you know, for it, certainly, you know, let us know. You, you Thank know. you. We'll, we'll let we'll you let know you immediately. Know. We, we have got so much exciting stuff that we have put together, and uh, all of our partners and our friends has come in and said, you know, give us your wish list of what you really wanted. So some exciting products to come. What we've launched now is just the basic saddlebags and duffel bag and uh, little pouches. 
but uh, watch this space. <laughs> so, so basically, it, it's a it's a combination of things. We we don't know. It's not just about making something. It's you know we've been we've been in places where it's really remote and in an expensive good known brands fail you and you start to chat to them and ask them, listen, is there a possible way? And it's like talking to a brick wall. And that's one of the things that that's very, that's really important to us because we, us, Brene, um, uh, Leonie and Peter and many other overlanders that, that, that we've met have, have been in the same situation is that when stuff fail on them, they, they need just listen to them, try and help them. And that's one of the things that, that that's part of the, the whole Turkana thing. It's not just having a product and having it different and making, you know, for the market that we want to give is to, is to it's an it's a encompassing, um, I don't know what's a great word in, in English, for it, but it, it's, it's a, it's a it's complete, it's a whole package yeah. about it that, that, um, and, and for us specifically, it was really important to have it that you can field repair it. So, yeah. I mean, I, I oh. love falling and uh, <laughs> I had to out of my own world. fix yeah, out of my own <laughs> world. And I had to fix my bags on the road a couple of times. And I actually dolly my bags up with nice little flag patches because I like to do that. And we, we really like the idea that if you can have a bag that you can fix anywhere in the world, and you've got a company then behind you that will support you wherever you are, man, that's what you need. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. But, but keep it simple. Keep yeah. not, you don't need fancy stuff. You need stuff that works because you're riding. The, everything goes back to what you love. You love riding yeah. motorcycles. And the bag must just work. It mustn't be something that, that takes you from, from your enjoyment of it. It must, it must do their job, and that's it. Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's like having a steel frame on a motorcycle. You can weld that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. Thank you. It could be heavy, slow, it might flex a lot. Yeah. Uh, but the fact is, is exactly. if and when that thing breaks, thank you. you can, yeah, you can pull up to some dude who can drop some rebar in there yes. and, right. and actually make it stronger than it was before. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 absolutely awesome. All right. So uh, you know, we're we're coming up on the hour here. So you got any parting words of inspiration for future adventure riders? Or current adventure riders, you know, keep going, keep going, and, just, and start small. Keep keep it yeah. going. Focus. Don't waste money on nonsense. Start small trips. Build it from there. And it it's like um, what did they say? When was the last time you did something for the first time? It's be a be a pioneer. We we chose that actually for Takana. Is that be a pioneer in your mind? If if you're doing something yeah. new and exciting enjoy it and just you know and go taste the go field taste the, yeah, not, just go. not traveling is for everybody there's yeah. different styles of traveling go taste it all find mm. what you really like and just go be happy don't don't spend money on rubbish just go go have go have experiences when you, yeah the main thing I think experiences is, yeah. is to be happy that's yeah, happy. that's the key the key thing you know like whatever the struggle whatever the difficulty the new problem you have to overcome on the other side of that uh, is a new version of you. Yeah, exactly. You know that 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 is one thing that that I think it's just a general thing. But I've learned you learn yourself because you yeah. you, you you get to border post and some border posts are really easy and some takes blood from you to get through there. But and you learn to 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 deal with stress differently than what you learn at home. And if you do stuff in your job, you go back and forth all the day. It becomes a habit. In traveling, it, nothing is a habit. Every every, every day, day is different, than it. You know, so it, it, you, you learn a lot by, by just getting out there and, and doing stuff like that. Very, very true. Well, all right, guys, thanks very much. Please hang around for a few minutes uh, after the show for kind of like a, a green room debriefing. But super cool to have you guys on tonight. I'm, I'm very sure very we'll, 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 we'll try and have, have more stuff from you again. And of course, uh, you know, everyone can, can uh, check out more of their photos and stories in the May and July issues of ADV Moto. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you Thanks, so much Dave. for the checkpoint. Well, all right, man. They are entirely awesome. And I hope that we can do a lot more stuff with them in the very near future. But thanks again to Michnus and LSB for joining us tonight. We are seeing more adventure riders than ever, you know, not only getting hooked on ADV, but finding a way to make a living and work within one of the best niche communities on the planet. And I really mean on, on the planet. I mean... Everywhere we go, we all seem to have this kind of uh, a bond, a brother and sisterhood uh, that just kind of makes sure that we all want to stay on the road and uh, keep our dreams, you know, rolling. And over the past 10 years of watching the ADV world grow, it's fair to say that virtually every single supporter that we've had the pleasure to work with 
is here because they love the community and they love what they do. And although it's often difficult, and I think everyone from big to large companies can attest to this, um, especially as things like markets and economies ebb and flow, as Mark Twain once said, find a job you enjoy doing and you will never work day in your life. So if you are interested in finding out or following more of the Peaky Peaky Overland Adventures, please visit PeakyPeakyOverland.com, the link below my face, or hit up any one of their many social media channels for some awesome inspirational uh, photos. And they also have a YouTube channel too with some videos on it worth checking out. But please join us next month for Edivimoto Live number 25 with uh, Michelle, uh, Liza, and Shayna, who met while working as members of the administrative team for the Women Writers World Relay. I think we helped put some words out on that. I think it was like one or two years ago. It was a fantastic uh, female writers passed a baton uh, around the world. Really cool program. Then they afterwards, they formed a group called the Rev Sisters, a woman-owned motorcycle event company that launched a series of motorcycle film festivals showcasing and inspiring writers of all backgrounds in the U.S. and beyond. We will hear their backstory, take on ADV, and some exciting plans ahead. But as always, your support means a lot. Keeps the motorcycle world running. Visit AdventureMotorcycle.com for more news, stories, videos, podcasts, and more. And don't forget to mash that like, subscribe button, and let us know what you'd like to see on the show. Comments below. Until next time, from everyone here at ADV Moto, ride safe, have fun, and don't forget, the adventure is you. you. <laughs>